Welcome to the New Abbey Podcast. We are a Jesus community telling the biggest story of God in Los Angeles. We're excited that you're joining the conversation with us today. Enjoy. So uh, at New Abbey, we value conversation. Um, And I believe that in our conversation, we experience the divine. Um, In our exchange of hearing one another and just being present with one another, uh, we are giving and taking of the divine spirit. So we're going to start off today with a question so you can get into your groups. And if you're on Zoom, it will happen automatically, I think, somehow with those people at the computers. Uh, So we are going to start with a question today. Um, And the question is, what have you been told about your feelings? And um, (laughs) I wanted to say happy Mother's Day one more time. Uh, My wife is is here, and happy Mother's Day especially to you, honey. And uh, our daughter came from the fun of the kids section to be here, and that could just make me, like, lose my, you know, stuff here on stage and cry because it's just so special to see you here. But Mother's Day creates a lot of layered feelings for most of us. I remember being in college and having a particular angsty year and I wanted to find a card that just said, you were my mother. (laughs) Like I just thought like, I'm not sure I could say anything else, but I can say that you were my mom. But like Corey mentioned earlier, I mean, there are those of us who have just like longed to be moms and it just, it just didn't happen. It couldn't happen for us for many reasons. And there is so much grief. And there are those of us whose moms, they did their best, but it wasn't even close to what we needed. And there is a lifetime of disappointment. And then there's those of us who are experiencing our first Mother's Day ever. Yeah, and it's like so special and exhausting. And for my wife and I even, Mother's Day is like so strange. It's so wonky and weird and we still haven't figured it out seven years later. Like, okay, so someone's supposed to get pampered today and someone's supposed to get a gift. Is it you? Is it me? Do you get the morning? Do I get the afternoon? Last night I was like, I don't know, maybe I should just go with Father's Day. But then I was like, would that be confusing for our kids? I don't know. It's like, (laughs) this year I was like, let's not do gifts. And then the first thing I thought of when I woke up was like, damn it, I made the wrong decision. (laughs) So I've been like feeling guilty all morning. (laughs) Thank you, Carissa. She brought my wife a gift. Um, But there are just like, layers of feelings. It's a complicated holiday. So um, because it is a holiday where there can be just so much grief and heaviness in in the uh, loss and desire, I thought I would start off with a few of my uh, favorite Mother's Day cards. So let's see. 
May your to-do list be empty and your wine glass stay full. Happy Mother's Day. Although I can't fold a fitted sheet, I think I turned out all right. <laughs> Whose moms can fold a fitted sheet like that? Mine too. Oh my gosh. My mom was like, oh honey, it's okay. I'll teach you. You just do da 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 da. And I'm like, I cannot get it. Thank you for all the sacrifices you made for me, Mom. This one is my favorite. <laughs> also, I didn't carry our children, so my boobs still look the same. Just saying. I choose my Mother's Day cards like I do my nursing homes. Quick and cheap. I can't remember if there's another. Yeah. Mom, sorry, I'm the reason you pee every time you sneeze. Have you ever seen moms at the trampoline park? They're like this. <laughs> it's a true story. Oh, it feels good to laugh. And these positive feelings of joy and laughter, uh, they're so good for us. Like, it's, it actually even helps keep our bodies healthier. Uh, all of the endorphins and serotonin, those positive feelings, ooh, it's, it is literally good for our bodies. But I think sometimes it's a little bit harder to feel the painful ones. The ones that we wish maybe weren't true the ones that we're scared of. But feelings are so important because they give us information about ourselves. They give us information about God. They show us that something has happened in our lives or something is going to happen, intuition. I remember back in the 90s, um, some of you maybe are just being born, but I remember that time, and Oprah had the, her book club and there was a book called The Gift of Fear. And it was this revolutionary idea that fear was a gift. And the person who wrote it did all these studies, and what they realized was that all of these women that had been victims of crime had actually felt an intuition of fear inside of them before it had happened. But because they had been socialized to be nice or they wanted to push their feelings away, they didn't listen to that intuit, intuitive feeling of fear. And so this revolutionary book was like, actually, it's important to listen to that. I think William set it up perfect. I was like, I can't even know what I was going to talk about today. Boom. <laughs> Feelings help show us places in our lives that need healing. But sometimes we push them away. Now, I know what some of you might be thinking, okay, Corey asked the therapist to preach, and she's going to talk about feelings. Did I really wake up for this? And honestly, if they weren't so important, I think I would want to ignore them too. 
But I really think that our feelings actually are some of the greatest parts of what God has intended for us. God has created us with feelings and that it is towards a path of wholeness. God wants us to integrate all of ourselves. So let's look at Luke 10, 25 through 28. And I'm going to move this because I keep stepping on it. On one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What is written in the law, he replied. Well, how do you read it? He answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind. And love your neighbor as yourself. You have answered correctly, Jesus replied. Do this and you will live. I think, do this and you will live. Some translations say eternal life. And I know for most of us, the idea of eternal life has always meant heaven. But I really think that it might mean like live now, live today. There's an experience of eternal life now. When we allow our full selves to be integrated with all your mind, heart, it's not just a cerebral thing. That God's path towards wholeness is to allow all of the feelings to come in. Not just the Christian ones, whichever ones those are supposed to be. And when I think about this idea of integration, I think the other thing that I love about this verse is that God understood that Us integrating all the parts of ourselves was interconnected to our ability to love others. He follows that right up with like, and love your neighbor as yourself. That if we are to really love one another, we have to start by bringing all the parts of ourselves close, including those feelings that are really hard to feel. As I thought about Mother's Day, all these memories started coming feelings started coming lots of feelings um for those of you who don't know my story uh my wife crystal and i have uh, been together for almost 16 years there's a little picture of us and our kids somewhere there we go i was in catalina you guys should totally go to catalina if you haven't been it's really fun Uh, But there was a lot of decisions. When you're a two-parent household or a two-mom, same-sex couple, there's tons of decisions to be made when you're creating a family. One decision that was not hard was, who is going to carry our first child? Crystal's like, I really want to do this. And I was like, I am so relieved. (laughs) And then when we found out she was pregnant with twins, I was like, ah! I don't think I'm ever going to have to do that part. (laughs) There are a lot of needles involved. But I didn't know what it was going to be like. And honestly, like, I was kind of worried. I remember talking to, like, kind of dudes, other dads, you know, and I was like, so, I mean, what was it like? Because the baby wasn't in your belly. And I remember being like, they're not going to have my DNA. And I was really just worried, am I going to be able to bond with my kids? 
I remember hearing that, like, God makes babies look like their dads when they come out so that the dad will bond with the child, which sounds really stupid now. (laughs) But it, like, kind of shook me inside. I was, like, I was worried, like, what if that, like, doesn't happen for me? But when they were born, oh, my gosh, Bonding was not a thing that I had to struggle with. Oh, it was amazing. And I have two of the most amazing kids. But this fear and worry about attaching to my children was actually replaced by something else. And I don't want to tell you what it was replaced by. Because it's not, like, nice or pretty. I'm afraid that you'll judge me but it was replaced by anger. I was going to make some other joke about being an angry lesbian, but I can't remember what it was. (laughs) I felt so angry. And I remember Crystal looking at me one day and just saying, like, where did you go? Like, what is, who are you? And I just, I didn't, I was like, I don't know. I'm just so angry all the time. And I, I can't believe, like, I, I didn't know that becoming a mom would make me mad. And I tried to keep it at bay, and I did not want it to be true. And I kept it, well, mostly under wraps. I don't know, you probably asked my wife, and she'd say I probably didn't, but... Until the 2016 election. Anybody remember that one? (laughs) JK. Everybody remembers it. (laughs) And after the 2016 election, there was the women's march. uh, The first women's march. Did anybody go to the first women's march? Yeah. Um, So the kids were like three, I think, and we decided, okay, we're going to take our kids to the women's march, and it's going to be a lot of people, but I think we can handle it. So Crystal and I take our two kids, and we ask another lesbian couple, and they have a kid the same age, and we're all excited, and we have our, um, you know, posters and everything, and we pull up to the train stop, and you guys, oh my God, there were hundreds, uh, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people trying to get on the train. And we were like, this is insane. Should we turn around? We're like, no, this is the woman's march. We will get there. And we are feminist women. We're lesbians. We can get on this freaking train. So, and our friends like brought a little porter potty. So we're like, okay, if anybody has to pee, we've got that. So I don't even remember how we got up to the, to the actual doors of the train, but slowly but surely we got there. And every train that came, I'm not over-exaggerating, was like the door would open, and they were so full, like some guy's butt would be sticking out. And he'd have to like, you know, suck in his butt to get the doors closed. How are we ever going to get on this train? So I came up with a brilliant idea. Okay. I'm going to pick up Deacon and Dylan, our kids, and when the doors open, I want you guys to push me on the train. And then I'll meet you downtown. 
That was awesome. So they did. So I picked up the kids. They pushed me on the train, and the train doors closed. And I realized, like, what did I just do? And there are so many people that all I know to do is just, like, sink to the ground. And I'm on the ground, and the kids start to cry. And I think, Paw Patrol, get Paw Patrol on your phone. I'm trying to get my phone, but there's no internet. And I started to feel that anger. I could feel it starting to, what am I doing? What, like, why am I on this train alone? And I could feel just the rage starting. And I, we finally get downtown, and we get onto the platform of the train. And, of course, one of the kids has to pee, but I don't have the porta potty thing because it's back at the other train stop. So we're peeing off the thing, and I'm mad. This is unsafe. Look at all these people. They're going to hurt me, and they're going to hurt my kids. Meanwhile, I don't even notice that everyone's super happy around me. Nobody was angry or mean. I felt it. And they weren't even coming on the next train and the next one, and they still didn't come, and I was alone. And I was so mad. And then finally, Crystal comes on a train, and she's like, hey, oh, my God, I made it. Can you believe it? And I was just like, mother. And I was like, oh, great of you to show up. I've been here, downtown Los Angeles, with two three-year-olds peeing everywhere. And I'm like, are our friends coming even? What are they doing? I mean, it was not my finest moment. So our friends finally come, and they're excited too, and I'm just like, whatever. And so we go to the march, and everybody, everybody's so joyous and happy, and I could not shake it. It was, it was a horrible day because I just kept feeling so angry. So we finally got home and put the, bed, the kids to bed, and Crystal looks at me, and she's like, and I have a really kind wife. She's really kind, but she says, you were miserable to be with today. And I was like, you know what? I was. And I said, you know what? Let me tell you about it was, what it was like for me today. And I went play by play about how horrible and how all my anger was so valid. And then I stopped because I heard myself. And my eyes kind of started to tear up. And I said, oh, my God. I'm not angry. I'm anxious. And I was like, I think I've been anxious for years. And I thought that I was angry for years. And I immediately felt so much just sadness and compassion. I had suffered for three years, and my family had suffered. But I didn't want that anger to be true, and so I just kept pushing it away, and I kept pushing it away instead of turning towards it. Obviously, if I had known, oh, I feel angry, and if I go towards the anger and allow myself to feel it and process it, and then I can realize that it's actually anxiety, and then I can get help, um, we can just wrap this up. But that's not how our feelings work. 
We have to have the courage to go towards the thing that we actually feel, even if we don't want it to be true about ourselves, even if it's complicated and layered and we're scared. But we get stuck. We get stuck in so many places, and sometimes it actually isn't even obvious. You know, I don't know if this happens to you, but you might be like, no, I mean, I'm fine. I might, like, sometimes drink a little bit too much, or I keep eating at night, and I know I'm full, but, like, and I've gained that COVID-75. <laughs> the COVID-15 keeps going up for me. There are all these symptoms that could be pointing in our lives, right? If it's not so obvious what it is that we're feeling, the symptoms in our lives are trying to point us in a direction. Hey, something is going on. Something is happening in your life that needs attention, that needs care. Right? It wasn't all that anger that I was feeling wasn't proof that I was bad. It wasn't proof that I was a big a-hole. No, it was proof that I needed care. And so when we have feelings that need to be felt and cared for, but we don't do it, it comes out in sideways ways. And when I say sideways ways, I mean all of those symptoms that we keep getting in a relationship with someone who's unavailable. We keep cheating on the person that we love, and we, we don't know why. why? I, I don't want to do that. We stay in a job that we're miserable with. And soon we have IBS and we, like all of these symptoms in our lives are pointing us towards a part of you that needs care, that deserves care. The cool thing I know about the people at New Abbey is that we are bold people that we are already courageous. So many of us have already gone to the place of crying so many tears that there are no more tears to cry. We have said the scariest things we could have ever said to ourselves and our families. And it is that boldness that I already know you have that it's going to take for you to face yourselves in those scarier places of the feelings that we wish weren't true. The other thing I know about us at New Abbey is that many of us were taught that feelings are bad, at least the ones that aren't so Christian, which I don't know what that really means. Christian feelings, but they're probably like joy. I think about Jeremiah, and I'm a therapist. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm like, what's on the screen? <laughs> um. I'm a therapist, as I said earlier, and I work with LGBTQ people. And the number one thing I hear all the time is Jeremiah 17.9. Like, the heart is wicked. And essentially, like, you cannot trust your heart. 
And the hundreds and hundreds of people that I meet with who are like, I feel so at peace when I am loving, you know, a man loving his boyfriend or, and that they've been told, we've been told that that's the exact thing that should be alerting you to the fact that you're wrong. You can't trust those feelings. Or maybe you've got a job and you're providing for your family and you're starting to feel the tension and you get anxiety every day. But you know what? You're a man and you need to provide for your family. You cannot trust those bad feelings. But the thing about taking a verse out of context like that is that we actually really miss it. That the whole point of Jeremiah is about having a circumcised heart. Which I always go to a seventh grade boy mind and I just sort of like laugh. You know? <laughs> I'm trying really hard not to. A circumcised heart is a heart that is soft, that is open and tender. It is a heart that takes something like feeling angry about being a mother and like welcomes it in close and holds it in close and allows there to be a tender place, an understanding place to feel this ugly thing. That's what God wants for us, to have these open, welcoming places inside of us that says, even the complicated, layered feelings that, you, that are hard to feel and admit to, they are welcome and healing is there for you. I don't know if you're like me, but if you are, I also really like to know why. And I think that's actually where we get stuck. Uh, why? Okay, so Candace, you feel angry after your kids were born, so why do you feel angry? Oh, I feel angry because I want to be able to work more hours without being like exhausted out of my mind. And I feel angry because I always feel like I do more dishes than Crystal. Which is probably not true. <laughs> and I would have totally missed it. If I would have stayed in the Y, I would have totally missed it. I would have been like, it is confirmed that I am a jerk. And I mean, I don't even know. Like, I guess I'll just try to be less jerky. But it's uncomfortable. And so we want to quickly go to the answer. We want to quickly go to why. And that's not bad. The why does sometimes have information too. But it can be misinformation if we don't stick with the feeling of the feeling first. To allow yourself to feel it. So where do we start? We start in that place just by naming it. That's it. It doesn't have to be complicated. I feel sad. I feel sad and I don't know why. I feel sad and I don't want to feel sad. And sometimes we can just literally say the word. Sad sad and allow that feeling to just be inside of us to bear it 
Now, I'm not saying that every feeling you should do. There is discernment and there's wisdom, right? Like if, you, if you're like, I don't know, I just feel like I want to go cheat on my wife. And Candace said feelings are good, so we should, I should go do it. <laughs> Please, that's not what I'm saying. But I am saying if you feel like you want to cheat on your wife, that is an important feeling to pay attention to, to go towards. What is that feeling showing you that something is going on in your relationship? Something is going on in your heart that needs healing. Something needs to be paid attention to. Every feeling is important. It doesn't mean that the action has to be taken. And so we just start by feeling it and naming it and bearing it and being in it. And if that feels like a lot, I want you to start with three minutes. I want you to set your alarm for three minutes, and I want you to just let yourself say the word that you're feeling. And after three minutes, go on with your day, because we also don't want you to drown. Like, this isn't about, like, stop working, quit your job, just sit in your house and feel your feelings. You have life, and that's good. you got to keep going. It's okay to put boundaries around it. But your feelings are giving you important information about your life and God, what is true, what needs care. So I'm going to just take a moment and do something a little bit different before our, our last question. And I just want us to close our eyes and connect with ourselves. And Mother God, as we sit here with our eyes closed, help us connect to our bodies. Take deep breaths and feel yourself in your chair. And I want you to take a moment as you breathe, and I want you to just take a moment to name that one feeling that, that you might have been pushing away, the one that feels a little bit scary. And just say it inside of yourself a few times. Let it ground you. And when you're ready, I want you to take a deep breath and open your eyes, and we're going to get back into our groups. And we're going to discuss this last question. What's one area of your life your feelings are trying to get your attention? Thanks for listening to the New Abbey podcast. For more information, visit us on the web at www.newabbey.org.